Shepherding Chaos, the Retail 247 podcast. Embracing change in the world of retail tech. Hello, and welcome to the fourth edition of Shepherding Chaos. Uh, I'm Alan Morris, and I'm a non-exec director at Retail 247. And uh, as always, joined by Martin Schofield, who's the CEO. Today we're uh, going to do something a little different. It's towards the end of the year, nearly Christmas, and um, it's that time of year when you start to think about the uh, the future and uh, where we might be going in 2021. And although 2021 is probably going to get off to a slow burn start, we've got to all hope that by the uh, by the middle of the year things are uh, starting to ignite again, and uh, by this time next year things looking a whole lot different from they look today. But obviously, as we go through. Today, the new year you look at uh, spring cleaning and you start looking at things you want to get rid of and one of the things that we've all discussed being a problem for uh, for retailers is the uh, is the, the clutter the gathering of things that you don't really want to be doing anymore so we're going to finish this year's podcast with a review of five things in five minutes or five things in ten minutes more likely to uh, that we perhaps think that uh, we should be removing and uh, so Martin. Morning, I'm, morning. Yes. Um, five things. So I'm going to I'm going to set the timer, and I want you to talk about five things that you think should be removed from the uh, from the retail uh, the retail landscape. So hey. how does that sound? You okay? well, we'll, give, we'll give it a go. Great. Okay. So let's go on number one. I'm going to jump in when you've had your two minutes. By the way, so get okay. ready. Okay. Let's go. Okay, uh, yeah, as you say, it's been a, been a pretty average year at best. So I think what we need and what we get rid of first is, is what we're going to call soapboxing. So people that are just overtly negative. Um, we need to be a bit more positive on our outlook around how we pervade things and how we talk about things in the future. And um, by that, I mean, I'm talking about rather than just knocking solutions or decision making, we need to offer credible alternatives and really look at how we can take things forward. So, yeah, number one. I'd say soapboxing and turn that into positivity. Yeah, way less than two minutes are. It was, it was, and uh, actually, it's it's a very good point. I mean, the uh, we, we seem to be littered the the. the uh, the social media seems to be littered with uh, with industry commentators giving a view, but to me, it looks like all their views are what's happening now, what's happened in the past. It's almost like, yeah, we're we're running the post mortem before we've actually found the uh, yeah before we found the solution. So. Yeah, it's I mean, and, that, and it's reflected in society generally and politics particularly. It's very easy to criticise in hindsight. What we need is a you know is a way forward. It is. So we need those people on the same boxes to do a 180 degree turn, look forward while they're up there, rising above us all, and tell us what we should be doing next to create some opportunities and to yeah. get opportunities. Yeah. Yeah. Easy to say, but I think we should at least make an effort. Absolutely right. Okay, okay. so that's your first one. Let's Excellent. Have a... Number two, um, uh, this is a long, long term um, pet hate, I suppose. And I think uh, the reality is becoming even more more real. So projects that are measured in years, uh, generally long-term projects, I have a bit of a problem with. Now, as we've, we've said on many occasions, retail is a very reactive business. It, it just has to be because it's, it's at the behest of the public most of the time, uh, and circumstances like the last eight months, really. So um, large-scale implementation projects that are measured in years and don't yield, particularly don't yield any benefit to the end of that cycle, uh, just don't have a place there, I don't think. You know, we, need, we need short, sharp, um, 
projects they can deliver benefit quickly and and those projects that that don't even attempt to do that have to be consigned to the bin now that said we to be able to do that and again we've talked about this before we need to have a sound foundation of data yes but to, to so to package everything up into a huge project, um, we've seen so many failures and it's just not a viable way forward. Absolutely. Absolutely right. I think you know, we, we discussed this previously on a, on, a, on, a, on a previous podcast that you're asking somebody to specify some requirements that aren't going to be delivered for 12 yeah. months. Then in 12 months' time, those requirements won't exist anymore. Yeah, yeah I think my, my, my favourite pet phrase in all that is that people don't know what they want until they see what they can have. And it's our job as technicians to, to guide, to offer um, insight into best practice uh, and to offer innovative new ideas to get to where that person needs to be rather than thinks they want to be. Absolutely. You yeah. need that in incremental steps. Absolutely right, yeah. Okay, right, number three. Um, so third on my list is uh, tolerance for mediocrity. Um, we this hit home, I guess, when I was ops director at Harvey Nichols, and, and and since as we looked at stock and stock accuracy, the number of retailers. When we are talking about fulfilling customer promise uh, with an ever increasing frequency, you know, same day delivery, next day delivery, how can we possibly tolerate stock accuracy measured around seventy percent? Uh, in fact, I've seen lower, I've seen higher, but you know, anything less than high 90s or ideally 100% makes the whole process a bit stupid. You know, we can offer the same day click and collect from store stock, but if, seven, but if um, three times out of 10 you can't find that stock, then the customer's going to be disappointed. But yet we, we talk about you know, improving from 70 to 75 to 80% as a success, but actually it's still pretty mediocre, and I think our tolerance for the, 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 the average should be dismissed. Absolutely. Yeah, no, you're right. We, I mean, it, in the past, I remember the old adage in retail that it's better to be approximately right than it is to be precisely wrong. And, and that was the, that was tend to be the rule of thumb over many things. But when, um, with Retail Assist, when we started working with ASOS, ASOS thought it was a very good, uh, some, yeah, in, introduces a whole new world where actually 100% accuracy had to be it. Yeah, if your stock figures have to be 100% accurate, your fulfillment has to be 100% accurate. That's there's no uh, there's no there's no need yeah. for it. And that's not it's not just a technology issue. It's uh, you know nine times out of ten it's a it's a process issue around that. Uh, we we end up talking about stock accuracy, but this philosophy applies to lots of things. But it's it's often the process that leaks inefficiency rather than just technology that's a magic wand. And you know, again, we talked about RFID being a being a super. Um, um, process to improve stock accuracy, and it is, but it's often hiding process inefficiency, and we need to tackle the root cause of all these issues. So yeah, just getting rid of that. And, and, but, but just to summarise, it's about it, it's it's not patting ourselves on the head for improving stock accuracy. We need to seek perfection. Absolutely, and in this in, in the uh, in the pursuit of perfection. With now you took two minutes and uh, and four seconds. Though. I've stopped. I've finished now. You're talking. That's okay, right? So you can move on to uh, to number four. Okay, fourth. Um, something where I'm calling ineffective customer service. Um, I think you had an additional word for that as well. Um, what was it? Misplaced or Mis- misaligned? Misaligned customer service. Um, my issue always has been that you know retail on the shop floor tends to be viewed as a job, not a career. Um, but yet it's the, the the one thing that makes a massive difference in the physical retail world 
well, and online and digital, um, but in the physical world, other people. People will um, provide good service. The, the, the benefit of that is that customers will buy more things if they're talking to somebody that's knowledgeable about the product or has the that has been enabled to get that stock for that person, then they're going to naturally sell more. I've told a story in the past about how I've spent more in stores and not left having felt fleeced of my cash, but actually having felt that I've had good service and I'd go there again. So my issue is that you know we, we talk about um, our people making the biggest difference, but yet we also talk about our inability to pay minimum wage. And, and there's, a, there's a contrast there that's just not right. So we have to, we have to look at truly believing in our people and our, our systems and our process to deliver exceptional service. I think it's, uh, it's quite interesting that last week Lucy um, wrote, um, from Retail 247, wrote a blog about Generation, uh, Generation Z view yeah. uh, on customer service. And obviously, somebody born in the digital age who can't remember life before click and collect. And she was saying that she still, her and her friends weren't allowed to do so, still like to go, still like to go shopping, but they demand when they go into a shop that the experience is different to online in terms of the fact there's an extra dimension, and that extra dimension is actually about people. Those people, to be truly effective and to deliver that level of customer service that the younger generation want, they have to be knowledgeable about the product, they have to be trained in, uh, in customer service. They're all the things that... Uh, are um, all the things that I suppose really are traditional that, that have to come back into the into into play now more than uh, more than and they, and they have to and those people and and the you know the solutions that we see have to be enabled to get things done so yes a knowledgeable assistant ultimately if the stock is out of stock they have to have the facilities to get that stock to the consumer um, so you know systems that allow them to do ordering from store or home delivery on demand um, so it's a combination of people that are knowledgeable in product knowledgeable about what they can do and systems that enable them to do so yeah absolutely so last point point five point five to round up um, um, innovation generally but innovation must take a forward step and not a backward step. I've seen a couple of examples of late where we've almost done innovation for innovation's sake, which you know, I've got some empathy with because we're looking for the next new shiny thing to get us uh, PR, to get us marketing, to get us customer awareness. But actually, sometimes we should just make sure that we're delivering something of worth. Um, I'm, yeah, well, I'm going to talk about Asda. So my, my, next, my biggest supermarket close by is Asda, and apologies to Asda for this. Um, they've just replaced all their scan-and-go kit uh, in the store. Brand shiny new hardware. doesn't seem five minutes since the last lot of hardware that was in there. It must have cost them a fortune. But actually, it's rubbish. You know, it's, 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 it's been in there a few weeks. It's already got store sticky tape holding the, to the, the hardware together. The, the, the chip and pin device is loose and hanging off. It's on a very glossy, thin pole now, rather than it being quite a stocky machine as it was before. But as soon as you put your, you know, as soon as you interact with the touchscreen, the thing starts wobbling. So it's it's just a step backwards. And equally, the handheld scanners that you use as a customer, it's it's fifty percent slower than it used to be. It's it's just innovation or change, change shape without making a step forward. And I think we need to make sure that any innovation we do, by by definition of the words, needs to be innovative and therefore add value to what was there before. It does. But I think also innovation, to, for something to be truly innovative, using the, uh, the sort of definition that I've, I've always uh, got stored by, it has to be something that you can actually roll out across your whole estate, yeah, um, whether that's a, a pure player estate or is it actually a pure um, online and, uh, and a physical estate combination. 
it's no good coming up with innovative ideas if you can't actually uh, physically afford to uh, to roll the uh, to roll the idea to roll the idea out. Because yeah, I slightly disagree with you there. I, yeah, I, do, I agree with you on balance. That's the intention is to take that innovation to everywhere. But yeah, there are some times where you just want to put it into your you know, flagship by definition is different. Therefore, you want something glossy and shiny there, and you want to be able to shout about it in the press, and you want to get PR on the back of that exercise. But yes, yeah. I, I, I agree with the fact that ideally you would be able to put it everywhere. We do. But given the fact that people, even you know, when hopefully we do this pandemic, people will be for a long period of time thinking about you know, staying local, it's, it's and it, you know, and, and tagging this with omni-channel. If you actually want to have a the same customer experience for all customers at all touch points, I, I still believe that you've, you've really got to, you know, the, the, uh, the, 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 the jazz and ritziness of your uh, flagship store in, in London has got to replicate in your stores in Birmingham, Manchester, Leeds, Nottingham, although, yeah, anything would be good. Good geographic knowledge on Northern. Yeah. I know, yes. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I just try to bring things up north a bit, you know. <laughs> So that, so that, I mean, there's probably many, many more things we should get rid of, but those are the, the, the top five that spring to mind. And yeah. That's been a, a useful yeah, thought process. Thank you. Yeah, yeah, that's that's good. Well, thanks, uh, thanks for those, uh, thanks for those insights, and uh, that will bring the uh, the podcast for today to a close. And uh, this is the last one that we're going to be doing this year. So, uh, yeah, so we should be we should be wishing everybody a happy Christmas. It seems a lot odd wishing people a happy Christmas at the moment, but. As happy as it can be. Or... Yeah, it's, it's a relative, relative thing, isn't it? So, yes, happy Christmas to all. Thanks for listening. I think short and sharp was a good approach this time around. But, yeah, um, speak again in the new year. Yes, happy new year. Take care. Thanks. Bye. Bye. Shepherding Chaos, the Retail 247 podcast. Join us next time for more tech views and insights from the people who know.